0: everybody oh, happy mother's day welcome to ocean city church uh online it's not always like this we do have an actual building that we're one day going to get back to my we're in f- it yeah we're in it my name is john the tony this is Derek Harmon, and uh we just want to say a special happy mother's day to all the mothers out there uh it's our first mother's day in my family oh my wow own. yeah yeah and, absolutely and That's... i i'm in, i'm here right now
1: Congratulations, Oops, Brittany! Is, uh... Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. I know
0: you're you're on the stream
1: and you're going to come over later and we'll talk um, six feet away. Um, but I love you and Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day to my wife, which is actually going to be the one in Acts um, chapter uh, yeah. six today. Uh, I I'm so excited! It's going to be a good one um, today. It is.
0: It is don't You don't want to miss that. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Well, before we go any farther, I, I do need to just address one thing on the trivia. Dustin and Katie Smith <laughs> are yes. ice skating paired. I had no clue. Did you know? Um, I did not. I had no idea
1: and wouldn't have guessed it. Not no. that I don't think. I mean, they look nimble and like they could, you right. know, blades of glory all the way.
0: Yeah. I'd like to think, what song did they, they skate to? Bumble Leo? Yeah. Know, or, uh,
1: that is a good question. What do you guys think? Kenny? <laughs> did you see Dustin out there? Yeah, is it Latin or are they going full on rock? You know, and like how... Abracadabra by Steve Miller.
0: <laughs> <Bell>? <laughs> well, you how know? long ago was this, is what I want to know. I mean, was it up to 10 years ago? Because that means they still got it. Right. I mean, I I want
1: to, maybe we should see some of this. Is that yeah. why they
0: moved to Florida to get away from their life? Yeah. No. That's right. No ice down here. Anyway, yeah. we will be diving into that. Actually, next week, I think you should just scrap uh, everything we were doing and just interview them I and was... dive into their life a little bit more. People
1: were hoping when the Mother's Day video, <laughs> oh, people are going to forget about the trivia and they won't mention it, but no.
2: too bad. Yeah. And the
1: other one that I, I've, I've known, but I, I, I've, I've just not mentioned because I just was all four years, Leslie Cooley Walsh, cheerleader.
0: Yeah. I, everybody it, got that answer wrong. <laughs> it's so amazing,
1: amazing, yeah. so, so good. I love that people were fumbling around with it, and people were like, what, yeah. this is amazing. I so could see good. Leslie
0: was probably team captain, organizing everybody, and making sure the pyramid was yes. perfect, and... Yeah,
1: I could just see, it. woo it yeah. just doesn't work. Can know? we
0: keep this trivia going when we start meeting back in person to you? I mean, this yeah. this has become my highlight of my week, you know, yeah. so... Happy
1: Happy Mother's Day to Leslie, too. Yeah. All the mothers <laughs> on the Ocean City Church staff just, yeah. um, just want to honor them to today. Just amazing day. Today is, I'm so excited about what we got on on tap for today. We have a special guest, and we're not going to reveal the guest to you until they come on screen. Um, It is going to be great.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great day. Well, if this is your first time joining us online, uh, if you go to oceancitychurch.org All the information is there. Everything that uh, we're studying right now is there. And if this is your first time, you can fill out a New Here uh, connection card on the section there. Just click it. Give us some information. We won't uh, spam you with Amway or anything like that. Essential oils. You'll just be getting updates about the church and kind of how to get involved there. And... uh, seemingly we won't be doing this forever, so you want to get connected and know when we're going to meet back, what, what's going on. So, yeah. um, you know, how, are, how is the home life going for you guys? It's been about a, almost two months of this, I think. Are you guys making it, hitting your limits? It's you know? pretty good. I mean, you know, there's never enough projects
1: to do, you know, while you're home. <laughs> right. um, I, I think I was ag- aggressive trying to get my kids to involve themselves in projects and mm-hmm. chores and things, and that's kind of died off, and they wander downstairs um, between one in two o'clock in the afternoon, you
0: know? Nice. Not that
1: they've, you know, they probably wake up before that, but
0: yeah, they managed
1: to get their schoolwork done,
0: you know? Good for them. Yeah, we're, we're having, we've hit the point where it's just Brittany and I together and anytime I bring up a story, I'm like, oh, I heard about this and she's like, I was the one that told you about that. I'm like, oh, because we're <laughs> the only ones talking to each other. We did yeah. uh, we did have a big fight this week. Um, you, know, I, you know how I love ice cream and I have my Ben and Jerry's that I just picked up for myself. And it's the uh, kind with the swirl in the middle, you know, the fudge swirl. Mm -hmm. And I've been eating it very carefully. I scraped the top because you want to get the chocolate, vanilla, and then Mm -hmm. just a little bit of that swirl.
1: So creamy at the top, Yeah, and it makes
0: for a divine flavor. Well, Brittany's like, oh, can I have some of that? I'm like, sure. I'm a loving husband. Mother (laughs) Day's coming up. Got to share. She digs straight into the fudge like she's Jules Verne digging in the center of the earth or something (laughs) and just took a big piece of the fudge. And I was like, you... I." (gasps) <gasps> you know like yeah. so we're uh we're gonna have some online therapy this week on how we, we share ice cream but for the rest of you guys uh hopefully things are going better than it is in my house uh what did you think of <laughs> the wednesday night time when the families got together and we all opened the bible and we discussed i thought that was really cool it was really good it was a great chance for everyone to be like okay we need to block out some time because you know i think you were saying like if we just say, just do this in your own time, nobody does it, you know, you need,
1: yeah, they always make, it's good intentions, like, oh, they, all this material that OCC's put out, we'll get to that, and three weeks later, you're like, right. yeah, I've not touched one thing,
0: yeah, but for us all <laughs> to do it together yeah.
1: on one night, less resources,
0: and then have a specific night we yeah. thought worked better, you know, it's and, good to, to plan it, because if not, it just becomes that, oh, we should get lunch together, you know, and then yeah. we just never get lunch together, so we're doing that again this week, uh, so all the resources, again, are on OceanCityChurch.org. There's kids resources as well as adults. The blogs are on there. Um, It's all posted. Extra devotionals for studying, videos, mini lessons. Everything's on the website. But this Wednesday night, we want to come together as a church, even in our own homes, but just kind of all be joined together in the same time, focusing on the same thing and uh, studying that together. So this Wednesday evening, it's going to be Act 6, I believe, right? Right. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So look for that. Again, Every all the information is on the Ocean City Church website, oceancitychurch.org. Everything's there. Uh, and then moving forward, things are kind of slowly, sort of, maybe yeah. getting back to normal. I was in Publix yesterday, and I found two bottles of soap. That has not happened this entire time.
2: Yeah. I felt like
0: you know Noah, when he sent out the dove, and then the twig <laughs> came back. I'm like, oh, this is... Maybe that's why they call it Dove soap. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, wow. anyway. <laughs> this is the last time we're Netflix be here.
1: special is coming from yeah. Jonathan Tony soon. But what's the deal with hand sanitizer? Um,
0: well, moving forward as we slowly progress back into some semblance of normalcy, yeah, what are what are we looking at like at the church? What's our what's our plan? What's our strategy?
1: Yeah, I think we're. I mean, we're getting excited uh, in this season, thinking about what it'll be like to get back to normal. Uh, and just to give you some information about, because people ask all the time, like, what's the what's the deal? When are people gonna? People even walk by here sometimes when I'm here working, and I'll walk out. Hey, when are you guys gonna have church again? We want to swing by. Uh, and right now, honestly, the. The restrictions have been lifted in the state of Florida, and uh, there's no, like, mandate that we can't meet together. There's no restriction. There's no 10 restriction or 50 restriction. Hmm. But uh, the city specifically contacted us and said, uh, we, we were asking you, even though there's no mandated thing in the state of Florida, to continue to do virtual services for now. Uh, so right now, we're, and we agreed, of course, we want to comply, and you know what, you know what, whatever they think is best is what we want to lean towards. Um, and so we're going to co- continue to communicate with them, and then talk about you know what it looks like, you know how many steps you know to, before we're you know back to completely normal. Um, so we'll have a, a like a phase. We're kind of in phase one now, um, and then we'll have a phase two, I guess, where we'll we'll have. A limited number. Um, we've kind of formulated something where we've put together a way that we could meet together as a family, as a church. But again, we're waiting for, uh, we're kind of waiting for our city officials to say, okay, there's no mandate, but we've asked you not to, you know, not to gather uh, in uh, church services yet. Um, and kind of waiting for them to say, gotcha. all right, we think, you know, you could do some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where we are, kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, I talked to somebody this week that said, it's, it's like, you plan for everything, like the quarterback plans to you know you know ha- execute a play, but then the ball's hiked, and you know all bets are off. it's mm-hmm. like we you don't know what what's going to happen next, you know audible at the line that's yeah. kind of where we are we can make plans we can. Uh, And and we have been. We've we've come up with a lot of different ideas and things that we're going to do. But right now, we're kind of waiting until the ball gets hiked and to see (laughs) what
0: happens next. And if you're a Jaguars fan, you know how that goes when the balls get hiked and you don't know what's going on. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. And then your quarterback gets sacked because you have no offensive line. So I forgot what we were talking about. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) Transitioning. Uh, into to giving. So uh, again, go to OceanCityChurch.org and you'll find all the information, get the updates on Instagram. Uh, follow us there. There's a lot of updates that come through there. And then also through your city Group, uh leaders. They're, we pump a lot of information through city groups, so you want to be connected in some way or another. Um, we're about to take a quick break, but before we do, we want to encourage you that we are still um, giving. You can make donations on the website. There's a big button that says Give, and it'll guide you through that. And more than ever, I think the church, you know, is in need of... Uh, funds because we are blessed in the community Derek was saying a couple weeks ago the money is basically coming in and going out a lot like your paycheck (laughs) feels on Friday like here it is and it's going out so it's important we're doing a lot in the community there's a lot of people in need during this season and the church has been just a a powerhouse of effectiveness thanks to you guys thanks to everyone donating so we're going to take a quick break yeah and uh, go check out the website give and uh, we'll see you back in a few minutes absolutely
1: Goodness, look who it is. Uh, the stream is gonna blow up. Carson, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, what day is it today, Carson?
0: Mother's day.
1: Yes, look who we
0: have. Jonathan, this is if you don't know, who this is this is Carson Ponton, uh, Whitney, and, and Kenny he's already Ponten. a
1: star. Really, he's,
0: yeah, you probably follow him on Instagram. Dude's got. Got mad skills. Um, so in honor of Mother's Day, we got a few questions yes. about your mom, Carson. You ready? You ready yes. for he's ready. Okay. Look at him. Um, what first question: how old is your mom? I have no idea. How
1: old you know, are you? Take <laughs> a guess. Take a how guess how old she is. I'm 25. 25. She loves you even more. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Whitney Ponton.
0: Yeah. So, Carson, what, what does your mom do all day long?
1: Uh, food. Food? Got,
0: and film with me. Yeah? That's fun with you? She has fun with you. That's sweet. What's She's a your, good mom. What's your mom's favorite food? Uh, I think eggs. Eggs. Okay, okay. Love some and eggs. And what, what but, makes that is the best food? <laughs> what, Carson? What makes your mom laugh a lot? Uh, jokes. Jokes. I like the directness. Yeah. It's like right, right on, on top of <laughs> this it. Is, this is great. Uh, okay, Carson. Does your mom watch TV? Uh, yeah. What? What's her favorite TV show? Uh. Diner
3: Trucking
1: Robot Trains. <laughs> What's your favorite TV show, Carson? Or what show does your, does your mom not want you to watch?
0: Diner duck, and Robot Train. <laughs> so you are going to say 90 Day Fiance. All right. Um, <laughs> what is something that your mom tells you to stop doing a lot? Pinching Cheeks. Pinching Cheeks? Pinching Cheeks. It's good advice for all of us, especially during this time. Absolutely. What do you and your mom like to do together? What do you have fun doing? Uh. uh
1: I think mom and dad might tag. be feeding him answers. They're in his
0: earpiece. Plain gotcha. tag. Plain tag. Plain tag. I thought you said spaying cats. Playing tag makes a lot more sense. Playing
1: tag. Awesome. Um,
0: what does your mom like to talk about? What do you, or what do you think your mom does at work? What does your mom do for her job?
2: Help, help um,
0: everyone in Ocean City Church. That's great. That's right. And just a personal question for me. What does your mom say about her boss at home? (laughs) Is she ever like, I don't wanna work for this guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice work. Thank you. I needed that information as we come up on employee reviews. (laughs) We appreciate that. You've got the most amazing hair. COVID has been good to his hair. I mean, you like your hair? Look at your hair. Shake your head. Give me a good head shake. Look at that. I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, you can't pay for that, people. You can't make that happen. That is DNA. That is natural (laughs) as it gets right there. You've been having fun playing with your brother. Yeah. 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 Do you do you do you, and you do y'all laugh? Do y'all wrestle? Uh, no. You don't wrestle? I bet you do. <laughs> I he's looking at somebody going, I shouldn't say right now because I know we do <laughs> we do things we shouldn't
0: sometimes. Uh, Carson, uh, got a quick question for you about the Bible. Can you tell us uh, who the Holy Spirit is? God. Very good. Good. And then can you explain to us eschatology and your views on that? Yes. That's that's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Predestination and election, <laughs> anything,
0: you know, in that, that theological realm. Okay. Be great. Well, last question. What do you what are you guys doing for Mother's Day for your mommy? you going to make mother cards. You're going to make mother cards. That's mother
1: awesome. What are you going to draw on it? Just let's give it away right here.
0: I, a green robot.
1: Of green robot. I mean, that doesn't get any better yeah. than a green robot. That's exactly what she wants is a green robot.
0: There you go. <laughs> Carson, you got any last comments you want to make? Want to say anything to the church?
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. How about Happy Mother's Day?
0: Happy Mother's Day.
1: That's perfect. Awesome. Hey, can we talk to your mom for a minute?
0: Sure.
1: You can. You can hang out if you want. It's up to you. You can stand stand in the background and and you can heckle your mom.
2: Oh, you'd like that.
1: That's right. Well, my mom. Hey, hey. Uh, this is. We almost Whit-
2: got disconnected there a few times. I don't know what happened. Uh,
0: it's come through great here. It's this is uh this is Whitney <laughs> Potten. She's the director of our kids' ministry at the church. She's amazing. Awesome. Whitney, did you ever think you'd be directing kids' ministry when you were, you know, growing up or in college?
2: Um, no, I didn't. I, you know, I always loved working with kids, but until I understood the gospel, there was really no reason to think about ministry. Um so, And even when I did come into an understanding of the gospel, it was still like a slow bringing together of those two loves. God yeah. unfolded that pretty slowly.
0: So what's your story? How would how'd you come to know Jesus? And you know, what was that journey like?
2: Yeah, um, I was in middle school when I met Jesus. And in classic middle school fashion, I had some friends that my mom wasn't thrilled about. And my friend's parents uh, felt the same, so we always had to, like, develop these super sophisticated, sneaky schemes to hang out together. Um, And this particular time, we planned on getting dropped off at a youth group, ditching it, obviously, uh, going to a friend's house, doing whatever we wanted, and then meeting back at the church in time for pickup. So this particular youth group was just like a well-oiled machine with, like, car loop pickup and drop offline and lots of leaders standing around so we could never escape and we got stuck at youth group uh, and we were like mortified and I don't know like if this was the thing in youth group back then but we're standing in the back and these kids start these challenges and they're like blowing egg yolk through tubes into each other's faces and like laying on the ground and rolling over each other relay style and I was like clicking my heels together three times so hard. Like, please let me go home. Um, But then the uh, youth pastor started to share a message about um, just who God is and how personally he loves us and how he meets us in our loneliness. And I just remember being overcome in that. And just um, I met the one my heart was made for that night. And all night I'd been feeling like this is so childish, like wanting so badly to be above it. And just really um, waking up to my identity as a child of God. And those were my people from then on. Like, I went to youth group every week after that. It changed mm-hmm. my life. Um, but I never did blow egg yolk through a team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I think sometimes we make these assumptions. And students, if you're listening, I just want you to hear that story. Because you've got friends, and I've heard, you've told me personally, you're like, this person will, I've asked this person before, they'll never come. I, for whatever reason, you can get them here. Um, when, when you're doing student ministry, and yeah. that is not, you know, just preacher speak. That is so true. God moves and changes. You cannot, when it's the power of the Holy Spirit's involved. I just love that story, Whitney. Just a powerful um, representation of bad motives, you know, going to, you know, do something wrong
0: and ending up in, in the presence of God right. and, and ch- change life. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, so you've been really focused uh, throughout, you know, this quarantine on discipling kids and putting out content. What, what are some tips that you can give for parents for making, you know, the scripture and Jesus real in their lives in their home life? You know, how do we teach? How do we instruct? Uh, what does discipling mean to you?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Discipleship is a big word. I feel like whenever you say that it, it either it can get <laughs> one of two responses. Um, I feel like we either kick it into high gear, perfection mode, developing like, you know, plans and measuring results or we throw in the towel and give it to Jesus, because we're like, he's got it and I don't. So as with most things, I think we wanna fall somewhere in the middle with that in understanding our role as disciples. Um, And discipleship, we get that idea from the Great Commission. Jesus said, um, go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them uh, the commands that I've taught you and um, helping them to obey the commands I've given you. And surely I will be with you. to always to the end um and so we see there that jesus is always with us and he's the perfect discipler but there is work to be done um so what does that look like what does that work look like i um really we're helping our kids understand how to follow and need jesus we want them to understand what it looks like to need jesus and you know we we want to teach them that um You know, Jesus is the only one who can save us, and we need him to do that every day. So we're following him because we need him. So we want to show them Jesus meets us through um, prayer, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and his church. And so we pour our lives into those things and invite our kids to do that, too. Um, We pour our lives into church because God loves his church, and he uses the church to grow and change his people and spread the gospel We open our Bibles with our kids as a family because we want our kids to see that um, the Bible is God's living and authoritative word over our lives. And we go to it for answers. Um, And they won't know that unless we show them. Um, We pray together as a family because we want our kids to understand that um, this mighty king who sits in unapproachable light invites us into personal relationship with him. And we can ask him anything again, they won't know that unless we do that with them. Um, and we practice the cycle of repentance and forgiveness over and over with them and with God. Um, so that's bringing them into showing them like, this is, we need Jesus and this is how we lean into him. And he meets so us.
1: Good. That's great. That's powerful. Yeah. I mean, I just think as a parent, you know, we talked about evangelism last week and people wonder how that takes place. I mean, you've got your home is your is your mission field, first and foremost. Pastoring your kids and leading your kids, and to think about I mean, when I you know you, you look at your kids, you look at Carson, you look at you know you look at Carson, just seeing him and his wonderful beautiful hair, and think, what's going to become of him? Whether he's in the in the working world, business world, but you know you 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 may be pastoring you know the next Billy Graham, the next Louis Giglio, the next person that's. Um, bringing reformation or or bringing revival to the church I mean it's just a powerful thought um, in in the way that you approach the home I think sometimes we think we're we don't have a space or a place in in church to to serve in the craziness of life and uh, there's a season of life where you're pouring in uh, to your kids and man I, I do I love your kids I love seeing them um, and you, you guys are amazing parents. I mean, just the, the way that you do things—it's such a great model for our church. It's pretty yeah. powerful.
0: So you know, a lot of parents are, are probably feeling the stress of this whole thing. Haven't had a break from their kids. They're they're also their school teachers now, and their Bible instructors, and their parents. What what would you say to those that are just feeling a little bit run down, feeling like, like they've probably failed, been less than perfect in this time? Not living up to the standards that, that they've set for themselves. What do you? What, what advice would you give for the the weary parents right now?
2: Yeah, um, you're not alone. <laughs> and I also would want to say, don't ever compare yourself or your kids to other other families. Um, and don't believe the lie that somebody else is better equipped to disciple. It's not true. And your kids are your kids on purpose, and you are their parents on purpose. And Jesus says, I'm with you to the end. So He equips us to disciple. One of the most freeing things for me in that was um, one of my favorite authors shared this idea of imagining your ideal self as in whatever role. And so I'm going to insert parent there. Imagine your ideal parent self. And you have this idea of what it would look like to be the perfect parent and to disciple perfectly. And she's like, throw it out the window because that's not who God wants to work through. Insert real real mom real dad and you are struggling you are messy and you are overcoming and that's who Jesus wants to work through um, and that's where he wants to be with you so I started to just kind of like ditch this idea that I had to wait for my kids to go to nap to do my bible time or to pray or to worship Um, and I just we start somewhere we start small and we start with bringing God into the mess So when it's crazy and chaotic around you or you feel discouraged or overwhelmed, invite God into that right then. Um, Pray out loud, open your Bible, even if you can only read two or three verses, um, turn on worship music and worship no matter what's going on around you. And I think that that starting there, your kids see you needing Jesus and there's not much um, there's not anything better I can think of showing our kids.
0: So good. Wow.
1: That's awesome. That's so, so encouraging because I feel like I've failed so many times, even this past week, trying to do our Wednesday night deal, you know, trying to gather teenagers around yeah. a table and study the Bible and go through questions. Mm. So you're not alone, <laughs> yeah. people. I mean, it's like unbelievable yeah. uh, difficulty. And I, I, yeah, you feel like a failure. And I think repen- you, you mentioned it, like repentance and, and coming back to God is, the, is so, so key, being able to say you're sorry in front of your kids to them and the God is, he's huge.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Winnie, well, thank you for jumping on today. Thank you, Carson, for yes. uh, letting us talk to you for a yes. little bit. It and winnie has uh, got some awesome resources. Again, they're all on the website. She made an actual, kind of like a felt board uh, video. It was incredible. So good. We're, she's getting calls from Veggie Tales now, so we're hoping <laughs> not to lose her. Right. But, Apparently uh,
1: she doesn't like her boss. So. <laughs>
0: but uh yeah check out the awesome resources there's also a facebook group just for ocean city uh kids so check that out as well all the resources are on there whitney thank you for joining yeah happy
1: mother's day enjoy enjoy the day you you do such an amazing job the church loves you Uh, my family loves you and our staff uh loves you and your family thank you so much for being on
0: yeah
2: guys thank you
1: yeah
0: we are going to take a quick break and then the Beth song. Mama Bear Beth. Yeah. Is Mama
2: Bear? What are you
1: calling? I you know,
0: you can
1: go ahead, Mama Bear's fine. <laughs> Mama
0: Bear's coming out to bring the word. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Babe, I call her babe. <laughs> I, I do not call her that. All right, I'll be right back in a few minutes. Bye.
3: Mother's Day. Oh my goodness. Did they call me Mama Bear? That was crazy. Um, man, that was so good hearing Whitney um, talk about what it looks like to disciple your family and um, I feel like I'm piggybacking on what just happened and we could kind of close the service. I mean, it was amazing, but I'm so happy to be with you guys. I hope for some of the moms out there, I hope that you're in your bed Um, and someone's brought you something at some point. Dads, come on, these are tips for you right now. Um, And and some some moms don't want to be in bed. They want to be in the middle of it. And um, I am hoping that your time right now is uninterrupted. And I know that's going to take an act of God. It's going to be a miracle. But that's what I'm believing God for. And I'm believing you dads out there for. Um, But happy Mother's Day to all the moms at OCC, to anybody who's watching who's a mother, um, I'm thinking about you guys today. And I was just thinking, I had a friend ask me, um, a friend that I was reconnecting with, a childhood friend, asked me about my kids recently. And uh, I had so much fun. She wanted to know about each kid. So I have Jack, who's 19 years old, Ella, who's 17, Abe, who's 14. I love you guys. You better be up, and you better be watching Mama Bear. Okay? There's there's a quiz afterwards. I'm just telling you. But I could talk about you guys all day, um, because you you've made me a mom. I'm gonna cry, but you can't cry on live stream, right? Um, man, you guys are special to me. And um, when my friend asked about you, I got to describe you. Um, and and all the wonderful things about you to her. And and I felt like, man, I could preach sermons about my kids, and I know so many mothers feel that way. Um, Motherhood has become my greatest calling in life. Um, It's not something I always felt, though. Um, There's times that being a mother is very unglamorous. Isn't it true? Um, And it can feel like a a low job, even though you know these things Kids in front of you are treasures. Um, sometimes you're, you're, you're kind of feeling like you're at the bottom of the barrel with some of the tasks that are in front of you and the loneliness that can come sometimes. But God's spoken to me this week. Uh, um, we're we're going to be in Acts chapter 6 and 7. Two chapters. Y'all ready? I, I know, you know what we've heard is that like you listen to the front part of the live stream and then when the sermon starts, like everything starts to fall apart in the house. And you, um, please, come on. Derek's working hard every week to bring the Word of God. Y'all got to stay in it. Lock those kids up somewhere. <laughs> stay in it with us. Um, but, man, Jesus just blew up my world this week as I was studying. I love when I get to teach because it, it puts me in this position of digging into God's Word and saying, please illuminate yourself to me. And he did this week, so... Um, and, and he spoke specifically about this idea of finding yourself in an unglamorous role. And it's not just for moms. So if you're out there and you're like, okay, I'm kind of done with the Mother's Day stuff, um, we're with you too um, because I think you're with us in that sometimes the the thing in front of you is um, feels like a, a not so great position that you're in or you're waiting to to get somewhere and so let's dig in we're going to just start with Acts 6 chapter 1 I mean chapter 6 verse 1 and um, I'm going to show you just some things that God showed me this week so I'm going to read verse 1 and then I'm going to give you a little bit of background it says in those days when the number of disciples was increasing the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because, of, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Okay, so this is what I want to say. Sometimes we, like, glorify the um, early church. You know what I mean? We're, we're like, man, we just don't do it like the, the early church. They were just—and and some amazing things were happening, no doubt— I mean, I read commentary this week that said there were probably about 10,000 Christians by this time. It's a short time after Jesus had ascended and already, I mean, the gospel was going out. Miracles were happening, no doubt. It was, it was a time of revival. But let's not glorify people too much, okay? Because the church, you know, we we you put a bunch of people together, you're going to have some problems. Acts 4 at the end, it says... Um, they were of one heart and mind, and there was not one needy person among them, not one, because everyone shared everything. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, but then, you know, in Acts 5, when we, we got there last week, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, we got the two biggest liars in the church, and things didn't go so well for them. And then here we are in chapter 6. And didn't we, didn't it just say that there was no needy people because everybody was sharing? And then here, we've got the Jews that complained that their widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food. You know why? Because people are jacked up. We need a Savior. We need Jesus, and, and we'll never, ever outgrow our need for Him. I love the way Whitney said that. What do your kids need modeled? Perfect Bible time. Or you saying, I need Jesus, and, and admitting that, repenting in front of them. Anyway, so here we go with, um, I call this the it's not fair um, complaint. And I'm going to tell you this about my mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. If you're, if you're she's probably, I think she's doing drive-through church. Her, her little Baptist church does a drive-through. But when you watch this, happy Mother's Day. She's amazing, this woman. I could I could talk about her for a long time, but um, raising four girls and we were, you know, all under the age of um, four or three and a half, four or four um, when the t- when the twins were born. I have an older sister, Suzanne. There's me and there's Andrea and Joanna, Ann and Joe, as you know them. Um, but my um, we used to say it's not fair, you know. You know if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about, like. It's not fair. So my mother, she's kind of like Julie Andrews, you know, from The Sound of Music, except a lot more aggressive and, and not a good singer. And, and she she wrote this song called "It's Not Fair," and she's brilliant because then every time we started to do this, "Hey, it's not fair," so and so got this, and she would sing it, and it was to the to to the uh, tune of Yankee Doodle. I won't sing it. I really want to, but I know you're all like, "Is she going to do this with every verse?" Like. Come on. Um, but, but this was them saying, it's not fair. And um, I, I just wanted to highlight that, that let's not glorify people too much. You know, we need Jesus. And so here, here's what they did. So the 12, that would be the 12 apostles. Remember, Judas Iscariot is no more. He, he hung himself, and they recommissioned a new apostle in, in Acts 1. I think his name was Matthias. Anyway, um, so the 12 gathered all the, all the disciples together, I guess that's a lot of people, um, and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes we look at the people that, that have the more important roles, maybe at work, Maybe in the church, you know, and we don't like it and it doesn't make us feel good. And that's not what's happening right here. And I think it's beautiful and I think it's the way the church should operate. They're not despising the people that are saying, look, the apostles are like, we got to preach the word and pray. That's where all our time needs to go. So we need to appoint people to do some of the other work. And and the word here is wait on tables. It it meant a little more than just serving people. It was you were overseeing the poor. You were also overseeing the finances. This is is the, the first finance committee. I think about our finance committee, man. They are amazing people. We didn't just say, who likes to just be behind the scenes? And is it? isn't really into the Bible and, um, you know, maybe it was pretty good with numbers. No, that's not how we looked for a finance committee. It was looking for people who were wise, gifted that way, and full of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I remember when we were looking to add more people to the finance committee, we added two women to the finance committee, And we got a question, the staff got a question, what are they like as anchors, anchors are the people that serve here at OCC, what are they like, what are they like as worshipers, they wanted feedback on these people because it really mattered, it was a really big deal and I love this picture of the apostles laying hands on them and commissioning them almost like they're knighting them or something. Because I think so often, you guys, we look at what task is in front of us and what God's put in front of us as small. I, I did that as a mother. I just said, what am I doing? I'm changing diapers and going on walks, and what am I doing? And I, I think God wanted wants to correct us today and say, it matters. The role you're in matters. And this isn't like a Stuart Smalley speech like, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about today. This is the word of God. And if the author of life and and the, the creator of the universe made you, he deemed you significant. And what's in front of you, we believe he's sovereign and in charge. It's significant. And don't miss that. I don't want to agree with the enemy anymore. Because the enemy, he wants you to think that you're nothing. And he wants you to think that whatever you're doing in life right now is small and a little tiny task. And he's a liar. And I don't want to feast at his table. And when we say, I don't know, I'm just doing this and that, and it's just no big deal, we're feasting on the enemy's food. And that's not God's food. And that's not what God says about us. He says you matter. We have this... um, this value um one of our OCC family we call them anchor values and it's um called it matters where we we talk about how the details matter to God we don't ever want I always think about the opposite of it matters as um what you would say is it doesn't matter who cares that's the opposite of it matters and we don't want to be a church that says "Eh, who cares what it looks like let's it doesn't matter we want to be a church that cares about the things that god cares about and communicates love and there's this one line in our it matters value that i love it says every opportunity we are given to care for others and reflect jesus is a big deal sometimes your opportunity is to care for others sometimes you're, you're doing writing code i mean you're like i'm not really caring for others But it's an opportunity to reflect Jesus. 24-7 we have that, and it's a big deal. This isn't just for stay-at-home moms. This is for all of us. Retired people, God's not done with you. He is not done with you. He doesn't need you to have a position at work, that old position that that made you feel like, man, I'm, I'm somebody. I can relate to that. God doesn't need that. And that's what we see here. So it says in verse 7, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I call this the domino effect. I, I saw in this commentary, it says, The church gave Holy Ghost deacons and got converted priests. Maybe you have a priest in front of you. Maybe. I was thinking about, I went to a conference a few years ago, um, and it was Louie Giglio and Andy Stanley were there, and they called up their youth pastor. Um, and she was, uh, I think, like an 80-year-old woman. I tried to, I tried to look her up this week. Uh, I couldn't find her name on, on the Internet. Um, but she was about 80 years old, and they brought her up, and they, they said, we were two youth youths in your, you know, and, and she knew them, um, and she had pastored them for years, and they were, they were kind of a mess all through, you know, middle school and high school, and they were laughing about that, and she had no idea. You know, for her, maybe she's thinking, I'm, I'm the youth leader here, and I'm just doing this little job, and, you know, kind of too old for this, and I don't really relate to these kids, and little did she know who was in front of her And I think we just got to start approaching all of life that way. You never know who's in front of you, who you're working next to. And and to treat every situation as an opportunity to reflect Jesus. That's what Stephen was doing. Look at this in verse 8. It says, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. So here you got Stephen waiting tables, right? Not the big job. So he, just, so he just kind of sat back and said, well, I guess I have to wait my turn, and I'll just kind of you know, give the widows their food and do my thing. No, he didn't do that. He performed great signs and wonders. It says he was full of God's grace, so the gospel was infusing him. He was drinking it in. I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I found one. He's, the grace is going in, and power was coming out. And who was in charge of that power? Was it Stephen? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Power's not going to come out of me. God determines that. Don't, you, don't underestimate what God can do. My, my first point is that your role matters. My second one is your position can never trump God's power. The position he's put you in can never trump the power that can come out of you through Jesus. Um, So Stephen didn't wait. He said, now is the time. You're not stuck somewhere. I know a lot of you are in a a waiting place, you know, and you might be, you know. You're waiting to get married, waiting for the right person, waiting for your job to not be what it is right now because you know your potential and you know this isn't it. Waiting to get out of this financial thing that's just on you but you're not stuck and God God isn't waiting for you to get to that point before he moves through you his spirit is can fill you right now and God can use you in ways beyond what you can imagine verse 9 says opposition arose however from members of the synagogue of the freedmen so we got Stephen here and Um, He's full of God's grace and power, performing signs and wonders. And what happens? Opposition arose. That's what happens, right? Opposition arises. We have an accuser, you guys, accusing us day and night, our enemy, Satan. And it says, um, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. I love this, because in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about um, the gifts of the Spirit. One of them is wisdom. And it says that God determines who gets the gifts and when they get them. And here, God just came upon Stephen. And you know what? I don't, Stephen was already talking. You know, you don't, you, don't, you don't just wait and go, well, I don't really have that gift you start talking. You open your mouth and you fearlessly uh, proclaim Jesus to your your neighbor, to your co-worker, to your family, to your friends who already know Jesus and need to hear the gospel again and again. And you never know what God's going to do. He might infuse your words with his supernatural wisdom and come upon you like that that's what he did with Stephen it says they secretly persuaded some men to say they couldn't stand against him they secretly persuaded some men to say we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God so they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law they seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin the Sanhedrin was the supreme council of the Jews Um, headed by a high priest. It it was no joke. It was a court, and um, it says, with religious, civil, and criminal jurisdiction. So this wasn't just like a group of people talking about the temple. This was court. They produced false witnesses, verse 13 says, who testified, this fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. You will encounter opposition in your life, not only from our accuser, our enemy, Satan, but from people. You will. God tells us this in in his word. Have you ever been stood up against, has someone ever stood up against you? Have you ever been accused of something that you didn't do? It says in verse 15, all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So Stephen's getting accused. It's a scary time. Jesus was just crucified. Jesus was just in the Sanhedrin, before the Sanhedrin, same place, being accused. And we know what happened to him, and Stephen knew. This is scary. And his face was like the face of an angel. And I read commentary on this. I was so intrigued. What is this? And some people say, maybe it was just like extreme peace. It could have been extreme peace in the midst of a difficult time, stressful Accusation. But most biblical scholars say "Mm, the language is different and this is communicating something a little more that is reminiscent of Moses when he was coming off the mountain and he was glowing and he had to put a veil over his face because the people were kind of freaked out by it. It says, all who were sitting looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. I thought about um, a time when, when Derek and I were accused of something, and I think our faces lit up like this. Actually, they didn't at all. We were furious, and I think Derek shared this in a, in, um, a sermon before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it again. Um, we had just had church, and, and it, I remember it was a beautiful time of worshiping together with you guys. Um, and Derek preached a message, and it just it penetrated my soul, and, I, and we, we were having conversations afterwards, like, God just did something in this, this little building, and it was exciting, and we went and got in the car, Derek Suburban, and we were parked um, down by the Casa Marina, and um, there was a lot going on. It was the summertime, and there were a lot of cars, and there was a car that was parked sideways, so we were backing it. I always do all this stuff backwards, um, but... <laughs> There was a car parked sideways um, behind us, and he's driving the big suburban. Well, he's so, he's really good with that suburban. I am not. I'd do like 28 point turns when I have to get out of a parking lot like that. But he got right close to the car and then started to go. And this group of people I want to say it was about eight people start screaming at us You just hit that car! And we look, and I look at the car, and the car is completely dented in. And I'm like, I, I know that I know we didn't hit that car; would have felt that. Um, and Derek knew he didn't hit the car, and but they, they were like coming at us, and it was kind of scary. I was more scared that I was like, oh my goodness, Derek's a pastor. This is always my in my head. He's a pastor. You're a pastor. Stop. Um, because I thought he was going to get out of the car and, and really hurt somebody. He was furious. His face did not look like an angel. He was furious because he knew he didn't do it. And they were, they were really accusing us and yelling and really passionate that we hit this car. And I don't even think it was their car. Um, it, it was a scary time. And out of the blue... I promise you, a man walks up, tall man with dark hair, and he said, he just walked right up to us, and he said, that was already there. He looked at those, those people that were yelling. He said, that was already there. You guys go ahead. You guys just go. That was already there. And said it with such authority, the people totally backed down. And I was just like, I think that was an angel. Like I was, I think my face then started glowing. Derek was still not like y'all. I'm sorry, I had to talk the man off the mountain. No, he was he was pretty upset still. But I was like, babe, hey, think about what God just did. He just sent someone to have our back, to stand up for us. When do you need someone to stand up for you? Don't you? And or or. Even when you're in a fight with someone and you you, you just, you want someone to have your back stand up for you. That's what was happening right here. Somebody, people were coming against Stephen and nobody was standing up for him. And yet his face looks like the face of an angel and nobody can figure out why. I've read all the commentaries. Everyone's like, I don't know. But sometimes when you keep reading, it gets revealed So let's keep reading. Um, Acts 7, 7 verse 1 says, Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these charges true? And I'm going to just give you, because this is the longest, Acts 7, the longest sermon in the book of Acts, and it was delivered by Stephen. Um, So I'm going to summarize it in a couple of statements here. Two points. One, Israel you've always resisted the prophets that God has sent you. So basically the gospel, you're totally depraved just like we are, right? Two, he said, the law can't save you because you need a new heart. You've never been able to keep the law and you need a new heart is what you need. And you need Jesus and you rejected him. And that and he goes through the whole history of Israel this sermon is amazing. It is, it is a terrible defense. When you're, when you're being accused of, what, of, of blaspheme and um, coming against the temple, and you come against the temple, it's a bad defense. But Stephen couldn't stop talking about Jesus. And so he said, I got to tell you, the be all end all isn't this temple, it's Jesus. And we have direct access to him now. It's pretty amazing. And then it says in verse fifty-four, when the members of the and I want you to remember, as he's speaking, he's glowing, right, like an angel. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said. I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Why was he glowing? Well, the heavens were open. The heavens were open, and God's glory was shining down on him. And then Stephen noticed. He looked up, and he noticed. And he says this thing, Jesus standing, and it's this interesting word, and it's hestimi, I think that's how you say it, and it just means standing, but a few verses before that when the opposition arose and the people were standing against him, it's the direct opposite word, and it's anth- istomy, anthistomy, and it means the direct opposite, so he, he had people opposing him, and now who is standing for him? Jesus. And the crazy thing about this, I love this, because I was thinking about this when we were doing the, um, the Timeline of Christ. We studied how Jesus was in the sand, right in the same place. And they're accusing Jesus of the same thing they're accusing Stephen of. And Jesus says these words. I mean, he's silent for a long time. And then he, st- he says, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of God. He says that in that place. And now here, fast forward, here's Stephen, and he's looking and he's saying Jesus is standing. Why the difference? Seated, standing. We're not sure. Some people say Jesus was standing to welcome Stephen home, stood up at his throne. Some people say he was doing an an, an ovation, like, way to go, Stephen. But when I think about the gospel, I think about this. He was standing in Stephen's defense. My one defense. Jesus. He was standing, saying, I'm your defense. And when those people are standing against you, I am standing with you. Why? Because I'm your covering, Stephen. Let me just tell you something. Stephen was a first martyr of the church. This story is beautiful. Uh, let Let me finish what it says. It says, When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious, and they gnashed their teeth at him, verse 54. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep, which is kingdom terms for dying, but temporary death. And it's amazing what Stephen did. What a hero. Except he's not really the hero. He did. He died an amazing death. But Stephen was a sinner, you guys. He needed a Savior. And he had one defense. Because he had accusations against him, maybe that weren't true, but he also had accusations that are true. And so do you. You're a sinner. You've done bad things. You've thought bad things. Think about this week and the things that, that the sins that have accumulated In your own mind, just in your mind, we stand accused justly. And Jesus stands in our defense. He stands in our defense. I was thinking about that too with the fact that the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And that's Paul, right? We know that and we're going to get into that next week. It's a crazy story. You know, Paul, the missionary of all missionaries, The bell ringer of the gospel, you never know who's in front of you. He didn't get saved that day. Saul didn't come to Jesus that day, but he saw Stephen. He saw something. He witnessed something that absolutely changed his life. Stephen didn't even know, Stephen was just dying. You never know, guys, who's in front of you. We're in this upside down kingdom. We're dying, we're sleeping. Dying, it seems like sleeping because it's temporary and we're going to be with Jesus. We're in an upside-down kingdom where the king gives up his throne, where the king stands up for rebels like you and me. And if you're kingdom-minded, you're an heir and the rules are different, so you matter. And your tiny little thing in front of you Maybe it's a baby. Maybe it's a dream to have a baby. Whatever it is that's in front of you right now, it matters to God. And it matters that you trust him with your life and that you believe, I was meant to be here. I was meant to do this. Jesus has your back is my last point. Jesus will stand for you. He is. What a picture of that, his life, our defense. I'm gonna pray. God, I just thank you so much for your rule and your reign in this world, for being a king that is humble and came all the way down to save rebels like me. God, I pray that people that are just listening in their homes today would know that this is not something distant and something that sounds good and something for other people, but for them. Would you meet people right now, God? I ask you, by your Holy Spirit, to illuminate Jesus to people today, that they would see your glory, that they would see your love, your mercy, your kindness. Let us wake up to who you are. Change us forever, God. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day once again. I want to say this before we go. Tips, guys, okay? It's not just over in the morning, okay? (laughs) Okay? I'm so glad that you did breakfast in bed or that you made cards. But listen, this is important. Dinner is included in the deal. And you don't have to make it, but just figure it out. You know what I mean? Just figure it out. And just little check-ins throughout the day. I'm, I'm really just talking to Derek right now.
2: <laughs>
3: little check-ins throughout the day like, hey, do you need anything? You, you know you know how I like, like a glass of water. Love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful week.